Grace's Holiday from An Easter Lily. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jenny Adamson. An Easter Lily by Amanda Minnie Douglas. Grace's Holiday. A splendid long holiday, Grace Howard exclaimed, rushing across the porch, fairly out of breath. Some important business calls Miss Johnson away tomorrow, and we girls have been planning such a nice time. Jenny Carlton has asked us to her house to dinner, and then we are going to the woods on a picnic. I thought you didn't like Jenny Carlton very well, Miss Howard rejoined. Grace coloured. There was a sort of chronic difference between the two. I don't like her as well as some of the girls, but we have made up good friends. And when she asked me, it's to be quite a select party and Grace put a peculiar emphasis upon the word. That is what I object to the most. If all the schoolgirls were going to the woods, I should expect you to have a pleasant time. But choosing some six or eight because their parents are wealthy seems too exclusive for such an occasion. I do not feel at all complimented by having you invited. But I do want to go. My holiday will be just spoiled if I have to stay at home. And Grace's pretty face looked ready for tears. Perhaps you might decide upon some better way of spending it, replied her mother. I am going to drive to Aunt Ellen's in the afternoon, and had thought of taking you. Mrs. Dean was over here this morning, and said that Alice was wishing very much to see you. She seems to be failing, her mother fancies. Half a day would finish your book, wouldn't it? I'll do that positively on Saturday, Grace said, or I might go a little while on Friday afternoon. Oh dear, I shall be glad when it is through. You know it was your own desire, Mrs. Howard rejoined, and it has been such a pleasure to Alice. Grace twisted the fringe of the table cover with a misgiving that she was not in a very amiable frame of mind. A day or two surely wouldn't make any difference to Alice Dean, but to give up a whole day's pleasure for that? Grace Howard had a good many generous impulses, but one way and another her undertakings often failed before reaching completion. She had received for her birthday present a handsome set of storybooks in which she had been wonderfully interested and proposed to read them aloud to blind Alice Dean, who was an invalid besides. Mrs. Dean had to work hard to support herself and child and found but little time to devote to her amusement. Grace's clear, sweet voice gave them a keener charm to the sensitive child. At first she had done very well, it must be confessed, but the last book dragged along when Grace began to think it almost a burden. Can't I go, she said presently. I shall be so disappointed. I believe your days with Jenny Carlton have always been failures. Still, I will not compel you to give up this one. Think it over before you decide. Grace's face brightened immediately, which showed that there was to be very little consideration. Just now she was intent upon her own pleasure. Jenny had urged her strongly, and somehow Grace always felt flattered by Jenny Carlton's notice. They lived in a grand house, and Jenny held herself above most of the schoolgirls. Mr. Carlton and Mr. Howard being very warm personal friends, Mrs. Howard had found it impossible to regulate the intercourse of the children without giving offence, and Mr. Howard indulged his little girl in almost every whim. But it frequently happened that Grace was hardly upon speaking terms with Jenny, for the latter gave her an occasional rebuff that was not easy to bear. Grace thought of nothing but the pleasure now. She was all impatience for the hour to come, and set off to Jenny's in high spirits. 
the woods were on mr carlton's place about half a mile from the house and there could be no possible danger to the party i hope you will have a nice day mrs howard said kissing her and when you return from the woods come home immediately grace promised as she walked across the lawn to mr carlton's she saw two strange figures in the little group a girl taller than jenny and a boy older still and then she looked at her printed cambric in dismay jenny wore her braided pique and an elegant sash while she had on an ordinary school dress the young lady stared at her superciliously and when jenny introduced her as her cousin grace remembered having seen her at church once they had just arrived an hour or so ago for a moment grace felt half inclined to excuse herself and return home the drive with her mother would be pleasant and it was always nice at aunt ellen's but she felt a little ashamed to confess her mistake so soon the rest of the girls came presently they all laughed and talked went to jenny's playroom and looked over the dolls and books and curious toys and then mrs carlton summoned them to lunch after that began the preparation for going to the woods mrs carlton told them she thought they had better stay around the house and amuse themselves by playing croquet and other games but jenny's cousin horace whispered to her that he thought it a bore they started off presently with a servant to carry some luggage for them it was a warm walk to the woods, but, once there, they found it cool and shady. They amused themselves a while with play, and then Horace wondered if they couldn't find something better to do. "'Where's Uncle's boat?' he asked. "'I might give you all a sail.' "'Oh, splendid!' exclaimed Jenny. "'Let us go down to the river,' and she and Horace headed the party. "'What are you lagging for, Grace Howard?' "'I think we ought not,' Grace said with sudden courage. "'Mamma wouldn't like it.' what a baby you'd better go back if you're afraid pooh said two or three of the others and grace's resolution wavered they kept on and she followed slowly jenny began to show her vexation for she could not endure that any one should interfere with her plans presently they reached the river's edge all this time grace had been debating within herself she had been positively forbidden to go upon the river but how lovely it looked in the shimmering light Spikes of crimson cardinal flowers lined the shore, and further down there were clusters of lilies. She need not tell, and perhaps her parents would never hear. "'Well, Miss Tender Conscience,' began Jenny mockingly, "'what shall you do?' Grace flushed redly. "'You're a little marplot and everything, putting on airs as if you were better than other people. I'm sorry I asked you. I'll never invite you anywhere again.' That made Grace angry, and she answered back. One or two of the girls would have taken her part, but they were restrained by their girlish admiration of Jenny, so poor Grace had to fight her battle alone, but that gave her the bravery she needed. She turned proudly away. "'Let her go,' said Horace. "'What's the use of making such a row?' Alone by herself, Grace began to weep passionately, and declare, as she had several times before, that she would never go anywhere again with Jenny. She sat down under a tree, feeling utterly miserable. Her day was a failure. Not an hour of it had been real happy. If she had taken her mother's advice, would it be too late to go and read to Alice? Then her day would not be entirely wasted. A gay laugh floated from the river, and for half a moment she wished herself with the girls. It is best and right, she said reluctantly, and began to find her way out of the wood. It was a long walk to Mrs. Dean's cottage. She was warm and tired when she reached the place, and still nervous from her recent dispute but Alice recognised the voice and held out her thin white hand. I'm so glad you've come. 
and a little flush brightened her face. Grace did not feel much like talking, so she found her book and began to read, growing more tranquil with the effort. Presently her old interest in the story returned, and she went on until Mrs. Dean began to set the supper table. "'You must have a cup of tea with Alice,' Mrs. Dean said. "'I don't believe your mamma will be displeased.' Alice was delighted to be propped up in her easy chair by the table. The two girls had a nice, cosy time, as delightful as the supper in the woods, Grace thought, but Alice was very tired afterward. "'Perhaps I had better not finish,' Grace said, glancing at the book. "'Oh, do, please. I am so interested,' and Grace read on to the last word. "'I don't know how I can ever thank you. It has been such a pleasure to hear them all. And, Gracie, if you would only sing Glory to Thee, my God, is it too late?' Grace sat on the edge of the bed and sang in her sweet voice, which was calm and musical enough now. Alice held her hand all the while. "'Oh,' she said, "'what a lovely afternoon it has been. How good you are, Grace!' Not very, said Grace soberly, for yesterday she had thought this work of love a hardship. I wish I could be real good. Alice kissed her tenderly and made her promise to come soon again. It was dusk when Grace reached home. Mamma returned soon after, and, at the first glimpse of her daughter's face, asked tenderly if she had enjoyed herself all day. Come, sit down and let me talk to you, Mamma. I didn't have the pleasure I expected, but I had something better afterward. It's quite a story, and I think you're right about Jenny Carlton. She is proud and selfish and disagreeable. I don't say that. There may be some fault in you as well. I get angry easily, and then Jenny calls me Spitfire. And I wasn't good today, only I did obey you in one thing. So Grace told her story. My darling, how thankful I am that you had the courage to do right. And Mrs. Howard drew her daughter closer to her heart. Don't praise me, Mamma. Perhaps if Jenny had been sweet and pleasant, I might have been tempted to go. But I am so glad I read to Alice. Oh, Mamma, your plan for the day was better than mine. I wish I could always think so in the beginning. We all gain a good deal of our wisdom by experience, my little girl, but now you must go to bed, for I think you have had enough excitement for one day. It was quite late when Grace came down the next morning. Ah, honey, said Bridget, you may be glad you didn't go sailing with the girls. They were upset, and Miss Jenny came near getting drowned. Someone stood on the porch. It was Mrs. Dean's nearest neighbour, and Grace ran out to ask after Alice. She's up in heaven, miss, answered the woman solemnly. She died in the night, as peaceful as she always lived. If ever there was an angel, she is one. Oh, Mamma, said Grace, with her eyes full of tears. It is better to make others happy than to be thinking only of oneself. I am so glad now and when she looked on Alice Dean's still white face, she prayed that she might be less selfish and more thoughtful for the happiness of those around her. End of Grace's Holiday Recording by Jenny Adamson